This is the I Do Crew podcast with Jen and Emma, coming to you weekly with your wedding worries or dilemmas, which we will help solve. From time to time, we'll also be joined by special guests from the wedding industry or couples in the middle of planning their own wedding. If you have a wedding worry or dilemma you would like our help solving, please get in touch by using our I Do Crew podcast Instagram account. Welcome to the I Do Crew podcast with Jen and Emma. This week we are talking all things wedding planning and we have a very special guest joining us. Uh, Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So Danielle runs the wedding booth with her business partner Mags and Danielle has over five years of experience in full wedding planning. The duo also employ a team who are all skilled to deliver excellent customer service, stunning visual ideas with full experience in wedding styling. They can provide you with expert advice along with a little black book of specialists. Welcome to the I Do Crew podcast Danielle, it's great to have you. Hello, lovely to be here. Thank you so much for dealing with all of our complicated tech as we also figure out the podcast um, and the best way to record uh, audio and visual. Thank you for bearing with us. That's okay. The more complicated, the better for me. (laughs) (laughs) I guess um, a great place to to start would be just to get your advice to someone who's just about to start their wedding planning process. So somebody comes to you, they're about to start wedding planning. Where would you begin? Uh, Unfortunately, it would always begin at budget. Uh, Budget can determine, obviously, where we're going to go with your wedding planning. Um, It makes life a little easier if you know the budget you're working to. Um, Nowadays, I think the average wedding in the UK is scarily 27,500 at the moment so that is an average wedding of about 80 to 100 100 guests so don't be too scared when I say that figure um it can be done a lot uh cheaper than that um so always determined your budget at the very beginning um I would then possibly work towards your guest numbers because they sort of coincide with each other so um make sure you get them to fixed in before you move any further with your wedding planning um because both will determine where you go with it and do you support couples of all different kinds of budgets? All different kinds of budgets, yes. So the idea is that everyone thinks, oh, wedding planner is going to be really expensive to have one of those. But actually, because of my little black book of suppliers, my little tips and tricks, that you're going to save that amount of money of what you're actually going to pay to have me for your day. Um, and you get the added bonus of obviously having me at your beck and call to make that happen. But yeah, obviously, I know them tricks. You you might not necessarily know them tricks. So um, by all them, you know, savings that I can make you, um, it actually just pays for my bill at the end of the day. And then you get the extra from me. Jen, do you have a wedding planner? Um, In hindsight, I feel like possibly that would have been great. So, Danielle, I did a complete DIY wedding, which wasn't actually the plan to begin with. I was going to go for a very polished venue that basically had a wedding planner included, but it just wasn't. My husband and I decided it wasn't the kind of vibe that we wanted to go with. So without a wedding planner, honestly, it was so stressful because you're dealing with all these multiple suppliers. You're dealing with people on the day you having to tell them what time. I'm quite lucky that my day job is events too. So I 
created a full running order of what to do when for every single supplier. So I had like an agenda for my wedding. So at this time, this supplier is coming in. At this time, this supplier is coming in, just in case I wasn't there or if something bad happened. But I think it's important to have that option to take that stress away from couples that maybe don't work in an event or wedding industry that haven't never planned this kind of thing before. What about you, Em? No, I, I didn't either. And I think I think I would in hindsight too because it's that first step knowing where to start and if you've got somebody sort of guiding you along the way I think it'd be such a less stressful and you can just enjoy that process more being creative and sort of bringing it to life without the stress of to find a supplier and where do I get tablecloths from and oh my venue's telling me that I can't have this caterer and you know just navigating all of that I think it would have made my life so much easier can can i see an extra few gray hairs there girls or is that just the light on light there no gray hairs for me danielle (laughs) (laughs) all these venues um, provide this package that includes a wedding coordinator or wedding planner and unfortunately them them coordinators or planners don't necessarily go into that much detail um they would make sure the not allergy person wouldn't receive a chocolate praline tort five minutes before the speeches or you know um the table plan you know it's very very vague and it's mainly they're just there for the very brief moments you know of the wedding breakfast um whereas we would come in straight from when the bride wakes up or the groom wakes up in the morning and we go right the way around to finish um and we are at at their beck and call we're not necessarily in suits with microphones um charging around um, like you see on the movies and um, we actually dress as a guest so um some people might ne- not necessarily know we're there but we make sure all all them type of things are are sorted and sometimes problems do arise unfortunately on your wedding day but you wouldn't know about them um, because they're they're dealt with before um it's even got to yourself and you might not even know for a couple of weeks after so yeah, so just be careful when the package does include a wedding coordinator. It's not what you think. They're not booking florists and photographers and choosing the colour of your napkins and things like that. They are just there just to make sure your meal's served on time. Yeah, and I think that that's... Because if this is... if this, Hopefully this is your first wedding, you might not know that. You might think, okay, wedding coordinator to me means full-time wedding planner when mm-hmm. they've got the rest of the venue's clients to be working with um i also like the little plug there for j-lo i'm a huge fan of the movie the wedding planner yeah one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time um so i guess from i guess from a couple's perspective what would you say are the main benefits of hiring a wedding planner instead of using the venue's wedding coordinator um just just referring back to j-lo there i definitely have not uh, married a groom that i have done <laughs> um so what would i so i obviously tricks um you know the the suppliers i'm using are um, i do use a lot of local suppliers because i need them close by um where i can just nip to see them um some of my suppliers don't have any overheads so their costs are then a lot lower you know, I've got the, my florist is amazing. She has got a double, beautiful double garage that she's kitted out. 
but she has no overheads. So she doesn't need to bump that cost up um, on, on the florist, on the florist side of things. So things like that, um, I would always look for them type of people. I'm not saying I would, I'm fixed to them type of people, but she's close by. She is easy to work with. Um, she ends up being a customer of mine on my other side of the business. So, yeah, I would always just know know where to go. And I'm not sure if you've just planned for the very first first time where you're heading to. I always see people going to wedding affairs, you know, or wedding shows every weekend on a Sunday afternoon with their nan and their auntie thinking it's going to be some fun fun thing to do and unfortunately yeah, they are the hard sell type approach um they're not as fun as you might think they are and I suspect because you've worked with them lots of times before you get the best out of each other because you know how each other work and you can trust each other so you, d- you don't have that slightly unknown thing of when you book a florist and you see some of the, their work and then actually you turn up on the day because it's a lot of trust isn't it especially a florist where you say I've got this vision and you trust that they're going to be able to deliver that but you don't actually know until you sort of turn up and see it do you yeah most definitely and and she's just there like say I thought that um, a piece of wedding decor might look better with a floral band across the top of the mirrored table plan it just happens it doesn't you know, I'm not saying they're going to bump an invoice over to you the day after your wedding. Not at all. We we want the vision to be right on the day and um, it helps us get our next business. So why wouldn't we go that extra mile to to make something a little bit more special on the day, on the morning when we're setting up? Um, you know, and we have that relationship that we're able to do that. So that's a benefit of us for the suppliers. Danielle, from a couple perspective... So, so if you're working with um, a couple who are getting married, how do you prepare them for the unexpected? Or do you carry all of that stress in your role? Um, I definitely carry that stress, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that is what a wedding planner is, so that you don't have to carry any stress. Um, that is probably one of the main things of having us, is so you don't have to have all that worry. I mean, there is nice things that you can plan. Um, if you want to go shopping and, and buy your bride's dress and have a little glass of champagne and, and do all the nice things or go to your tasting event and, and doing that type of thing. But unfortunately, there is some really boring, mundane things that you have to do, like your, your terms and conditions, I mean, you must have had a 50-page terms and conditions for your venue or your catering. And we look at that in a lot of detail that takes quite some time. Um, We make sure that every aspect is covered and we're ready for, you know, it might be a silly thing. Like you can't have sparklers, you can't have a confetti cannon outside your venue. All them are usually in very tiny print that we would would pick up on. Um, So, yeah. That's interesting because I never read anything like that. I just sign the dotted line. Here's my deposit. Goodbye. Um, I think what would be really helpful is, Danielle, if you could go through just your process from start to finish and what the couple could expect, because this is all a little bit new to me as well. So how how close to the detail are you? What What's like your starting point with a couple? I presume consultation. Are there any couples that you said no to because it hasn't you haven't been the right fit? How, how does all of that work? 
Um, yeah, so we always do, we offer a free consultation. It's no obligation. You can take all my advice. Um, hence me being on a podcast today. I'm not here to hold it all in and not tell anyone. Um, we would hold um, a free consultation because we both got to work together um, very closely, in fact, because most of my clients, by the end of the time I've been with them, if you imagine I've been with these people sometimes nearly two years planning their wedding. Um, so... In, and they're friends by the end of it. So you can imagine how closely I am working with these clients. And in fact, after the wedding day, I get very, very sad. Like, it's over, it's done. I'm never going to send any more emails or speak to these people again. So yeah, um, we would do the free consultation. You would get the vibe whether we could work together. I would as well. I generally haven't had to, you asked me that question, I generally haven't had to go, no. <laughs> like, everyone who's come to me are just usually like hard-working people from London who haven't got the time to um you know plan things because they're getting up at five and not getting home to eight I've got people who have got four children and they're thinking we've got to get married we how are we going to make it happen I can't do everything so um there's always it's usually busy lives and people who are new to it so first timers that would just like like a little bit of help so after the free consultation um and you've chosen to move forward with um, myself we would then um a deposit is paid and a contract is sent out my contract is not a 50 page contract it is mainly um the nicey nicey stuff like can we use your pictures and socials and things like that um at that point at the free consultation we're going to know a budget we we would have had that conversation um because unfortunately i do have to ask that is what i'm working around um the whole planning process is done on a budget um i'm not saying whether it has to be a really tight one or you know a lavish one um and what i say to people some people go well i haven't got a budget and i'm thinking that's fine but you need to think how you're comfortable with the value of that wedding so it's a bit like when you buy a house and um, you spend the money on doing it up and you might spend £100,000, but actually the house is still only worth £50,000. So it's trying to make the value and how you're comfortable spending what amount on a wedding. And some people say, well, don't worry about the budget. But to me, I would like to know at the end on how much that wedding would be. Um, and hopefully, like I said, it'll value the wedding. Um, we would then move forward with guest lists to make sure we've nailed that down. And then the exciting stuff. So florists and photographers. Obviously, I can do venue visits with them as well. If they've even thought about, I don't know what venue to go to. I don't know what the venue, you know, what they do, what they do. I haven't got time to visit all 10. Um, we can do, you know, nail it down and do like a five venue visits over the week. And then hopefully they generally know once they've walked into a venue going, this is this is what I want. This is the vibe I'm going to have. And say as soon as you walk into a venue, you know if it's the right one for you because there's just a vibe about it. Yeah, it's a bit like when you put your dress on, hopefully you yeah. think, yeah, this is this is the one I, I would like. And don't panic if it isn't because some brides come to me and go, oh, I haven't got the one. I don't have that feeling. Um. And I wouldn't panic that you wouldn't have that feeling, but you will find a dress that you would love and you're happy, happy with. And and sometimes people pick their bride's dress around their, their venue um, because it might be a very rustic-y venue or might be on a beach and things like that. So, yeah, we can do the venue visits um, with them. And then, 
yeah, all the nicey bits after that. Nicey bits, I mean, like picking your flowers and, and doing your bride's dress. Um, our wedding planning obviously includes the full wedding day coordination as well. So we would, like I said, been bef- we would get up with you in the morning and we'd be with you all the way around, making sure your day is run the way you'd like it to run. Um, some people choose to do their own decor and we would make sure it's executed to the way that they would want it done as well. How do you cope with control freaks? Because I'm a control freak. So, but I think it would be great to hire somebody to to just sort out all of the suppliers. And I'm terrible with flowers. And I would just find it if if I if I didn't work in the industry, relinquishing that control on the day. How how do you cope with brides who like Emma and I are control freaks? Well, it's funny you should say that because the people that are taking me on are generally in the industry. It's so bizarre, but they're doing it every day. But they're not planning maybe necessarily a wedding every day, but they're in the industry. They know how to run an event. But why do something you're doing every day? Like, surely you'd want a rest from doing that every day. Um, I would nail out the control freak in you (laughs) before (laughs) that day, hopefully. because you shouldn't go into that day feeling like that if we've been together a good year to 18 months. Mm. Um, we would have nailed that out in you, hopefully. Um, I'd like to think so. I haven't had touch wood. Everyone all, I, I do get quoted, oh, I'm, I'm a bridezilla, I know I am. I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And I always get that all the time. I'm like, you don't have to apologise. I'd rather know where you want to be and where we are and we'll move forward with it. So hopefully I'm not going to get to the day with you being a, a control freak or a bridezilla. I love I love that you just said that a lot of people that you work with is, are in sort of the industry or sort of event management. And I think probably because you do it day in, day out, you know what's involved and, you, and you're sort of like, nope, can't do this on my own. And I think if you aren't in the industry all the time, and you're a bit naive you just don't really see the scale of everything you've got to do because on a checklist that you've downloaded from google it looks completely doable until you're sort of in it with all the stresses and all the emails and the questions and you know all of that i think i think being in the industry you go into it with your eyes wide open don't you so and like, like we've spoken before and said you know um you know 50 years ago a wedding was very different um than they are today and you used to just book your village hall and sometimes an invitation wouldn't even go out everyone would just hear of the wedding and turn up and have a sandwich it was very a very different thing um, but they are very lavished um in in not an expensive way either you can do a wedding and it would still be very beautiful yeah uh, i think but, isn't there yeah definitely most in this new age of the internet and people can do what I need to do for my wedding and it comes up with reams and reams and things people feel like they have to you know mm-hmm. you feel like you have to send out a save the date you feel like you have to have a big top table with all the flowers you feel like you have you know you have to do all these things because you've seen them on Pinterest or Instagram but actually you don't have to do that at all you can just pick and choose the bits you want to do most of so I think I think the internet's made it more complicated for us all. Yeah, most definitely. But then we wouldn't have had wedding planners fifty years ago because of that reason either. So good. <laughs> it's got me a job. 
Danielle, from just from your industry perspective, what do you think the biggest trends for 2024 are going to be? I never like to be a downer, you know, on discussing it, but unfortunately it is going to have to be about sustainability. Um, we are moving so quickly on that nowadays, which is great, like very positive on, on the way we're moving with it. And everyone's actually coming very self-conscious of it, I think, um, in everyday life. Um, not just weddings um, so we are finding like people going down the dried flowered route because so that they're more preserved and less wastage um, so people are looking at that and how they would dispose of maybe their rubbish over there over their wedding you know if they've got a dry hire a marquee wedding they're thinking um, more positively about that we are actually doing a wedding um at the end of this season and it's dry hires that means um you only get the shell of the place and it's a forest wedding so they are very cautious of being about being sustainable and in fact all there's no electric on site so they are using an electric car to run all the power for the site and it's amazing like you should see the amount of power that's going to this site from one car that's um, amazing it sounds like the technical capabilities of this podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, and there, and even down to this is this this place is very conscious of it. So they won't. You can't even wash up on site because the water wastage cannot have fairy liquid in it. So everything gets taken away dirty and gets done off site, probably with some sustainable water source from some river, maybe, <laughs> but. Um, they're very conscious of it and I think it is great that we're all having to actually think because the, it can get out of control you know when people don't the amount of food that people provide at a wedding no, no one's eating all that food so where, where's it going um this one all the food wastage is going to the pigs on site mm -hmm. so it's just being more more aware and I think for 2024 if your wedding you know, even from 20 people to 100 people, I think you can definitely be more sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am, um, you know, the like the, the little trend that there is about having flip-flops for guests um, and all of that. In It's great, but there's just a big bucket of plastic flip-flops that half get used and the rest just get thrown away. Mm. Is there are some trends that are sort of um, coming along, which I think aren't aren't gonna last very long because people are more conscious of being to the planet. I think. Yeah, and I think that's where um, like you, your guys' company comes into play because people think, well, I can buy a hundred glass jar bottles or log placemats myself offline for fifty p cheaper per one. But actually, wouldn't we all like to be reusing eventually the same sort of products um over and over again where we would be a bit more conscious about it. Um so you know like your company, we could hire you could how many weddings have you guys done like and you've saved that of people buying their own products because you've hired it over and over again. Um so I think yeah. it's about being more more aware of how you can do it and it's very easy you can it's life's been made very easy now because everyone's been made more aware of it yeah and also if you hire lots of stuff and it gets and like you say it is being reused but also you haven't got a house full of stuff that you then have to sell after your wedding 
and that that's a huge stress when you've got a whole living room or a kitchen full of all of this stuff that you've you've bought for your wedding and it's been used once and then you have to try and sell it on Facebook mm. easy so just hire it in save the stress a bit often you save a bit of money and you're not you know buying new and and filling up landfill at the end win-win mm. <laughs> on a nicer note the smaller thing that is actually trending at the moment i don't know if you guys are thinking about this is this whole champagne tower have you have you seen it it's like the bowl glasses well yeah like and then it goes into like a, and then the someone pours on the top and it gets all 50 glasses in one go I don't need to see it, Danielle. It's it's an instant yes from me. <laughs> Have you seen the fails, though? Have you seen when it goes? Because <laughs> you have literally just got 50 glasses all piled up on top of each other. And you only need one slightly drunk person or the bottle to clink the top and it all goes... It's <laughs> definitely not on a wedding planner's job list, just to put it out there. <laughs> well, I think it might be, because... <laughs> could be be one of those services that you add on as an extra (laughs) an extra extra because that would need imagine if that did go what happens you'd have to put out special insurance and have backup towers yeah (laughs) i bet the insurance companies have that as an added extra i'm sure they do uh, Danielle, this podcast is all about helping um, our lovely listeners and couples planning their own weddings just to solve their wedding worries and dilemmas. So we've had a couple of our Instagram followers come to us with their dilemmas this week. And um, I think they really suit your expertise. And I think you'd be really able to help them solve their problems. Um, the first one's come in from uh, Becky and Paul Get Hitched. They're asking, how do you adjust a wedding day timeline for a small wedding of 25 people with only a two course breakfast? Okay, so it's obviously on their mind, so they're conscious of it straight away. Um, maybe we need to take it back from the very beginning. Are we all not just getting married with some really close and intimate friends and family? So why not enjoy that time rather than thinking what's next, what's coming? You know, why don't you relax and just create a moment in time with these people that you're never going to, you're never really going to do this again. You're never going to organise a wedding of 60 or 70 people or even 25 and 20 people and go out for dinner one day. It's not really going to happen very often. So just be in the moment. Just be in the moment. So um, I thought about it. And I think having like a really quirky activity to do on the day. Something that you're going to talk about over the coming years. Oh, do you remember when so-and-so got married? And they had this and this. So I was thinking maybe something along the lines that like we did one last week. They did laser clay pigeon shooting. And for all the guests that didn't know each other, even if it was one or two, it suddenly brought everyone together and became a bit of a competitive afternoon of laser clay picture shooting. Um, they had archery there as well, so that was pretty cool. Um, or maybe a characterist you could have there doing funky drawings and then everyone can have a little keepsake at the end of the day. I don't think necessarily you need to worry about it. Like there's only a... 25 on your wedding day because you've still got to get in everything it doesn't really go too much quicker just because you've got 25 but but in the moments of um drag time or, or or whatever you know you're possibly thinking in your mind maybe just sit and actually be there 
and chat and mingle with 25 people rather than having a wedding of 70 and not getting around everyone. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely what I found with my wedding is that we had we had 70 seated guests for the wedding breakfast, but we had I had a two day wedding and we had 26 people to the ceremony the day before. I definitely spoke to everybody on the first day and that was all very close friends and family. I think there was only six people who weren't related to either myself or my husband at our wedding ceremony. And then I found it quite easy to then get round the rest of the people on the second day because I didn't, obviously I didn't need to speak to any of the people that have been there the day before because they'd had all my time that day. Um, but and what did you do? Because your wedding wasn't massive, um there was there was yeah there was about 80 to 100 um but we I had quite a I told my photographer that I didn't want to be away from my guests for too long um because I had seen in the past weddings I've been to that there's whole stints of hours where you don't see them because they're off having their beautiful photos underneath the tree and by the river um, so I did tell my photographer that I didn't want that. So I wanted to sort of have still have their moments with just Jordan and I having our photos, but I didn't want them to be prolonged because I wanted to spend time with my guests. But I, Danielle, I do love the idea of if you are, if you do have a bit of extra time because it isn't such a big event, getting some activities um, together would be really fun because also it, it's just nice to do something rather than just sit around with a glass of champagne, isn't it? I, I think that's a, a really great idea. And mm. I, would, I would definitely do that, I think. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been, um, I was a bridesmaid at a wedding um, and the photos afterwards were two and a half hours. I miss the canapes. I miss the welcome drink. Oh, no. Just see the poor bride and groom they were so fed up and um we would uh when we're doing you know the photo shot list maybe after the ceremony always keep it to a mint like maximum 15 photos done like really are we going to use all them 800 photos that are coming back from our photographer no they just sit, they sit on a hard drive don't they collecting dust and you print three of them and then that's the ones that yeah <laughs> there they are <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Like, you're not going to, I know you're worried about the elderly and how make sure you get them in, get them in, get, but there's other ways you can do it. Why don't you get them with you sat with them enjoying the canopies? Like, have you seen that trend? Oh, we're going off piste a little bit, but have you seen that trend where they do the speed round? So they get everybody to sit at the tables and then the bride and groom run to each table. The photographer follows them. They get a fun photo with each of their tables. I think that's brilliant. You've got... I'll send you the video. We did one on Saturday and they stood on the dance floor and everyone queued like a conga. And then they all ran in and had their picture taken with the bride and groom. But, you know, 10 photos in, it was getting a bit boring. So I thought, how are we going to spice this up? So they had a donut tower of 300 donuts. And so I was like, take a donut, take a donut. So they were like shoveling donuts in the mouths, <laughs> having all on their fingers. And it was so much fun to do something. And they all got that. Everyone did it. Yeah. Like, they do make a bit of an event of it and don't have the staged photos of everybody sort of in a triangle outside the venue maybe have that more fun make it a bit more of an event thing 
get it done in one song, boom, done. Then you've got time to go play crazy golf or whatever you're doing. That sounds better than this whole champagne tower, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're having speed round photos. Thank you. <laughs> Let's take it to the days of speed dating. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> I'm in the process of planning my husband's uh, big birthday next year and a lot of it I'm using um, suppliers that I've met along the way and new new and upcoming suppliers that we want to work with. Um, but I love this idea because I was, it's not, I mean, I did accidentally refer to it as our wedding the other day and then had to correct myself and say, I mean, your birthday. Um, but I'd love that because I have thought about, do we get a photographer? How do we capture it? And I want to make sure that we get pictures with people because some of these people are going to be traveling from all across the UK so we don't always come together so um I'm gonna delegate that to you at Ian's birthday next year okay <laughs> they do do a um these uh you know like these videographers now become more of like a production like um you know like a trailer for a movie they're brilliant and you should check a few of them out um someone showed me a few of them rather than having your monday five hour wedding photo uh, you know your video and you sit there and watch it over um a weekend it's a, a production that's a good three or four minutes but it has everything in there from the whole day and it's brilliant yeah yeah Perfect. Uh, Becky and Paul, I hope that answers your question. Um, get those activities happening. Mingle with your guests a little bit more uh, and just, just relax and enjoy your day. We've got another one, Danielle, that's come in from Hannah on our Instagram account. She's doing a DIY wedding and she's finding suppliers is a minefield. Help. So um, when you say DIY wedding, I'm guessing she's trying to make all the decor herself. Yeah. So um, what does she want to know about suppliers, like how they can... I think she's finding the whole finding suppliers difficult. Finding the suppliers. Everything. Where to even start? So florist, if you don't know anybody in the industry, where where do you even begin? I mean, I'm not a massive fan of wedding fairs. Like, it's not my thing, but the odd one or two that you could handle over a weekend, a local one, not one that's... 50 miles away and your florist is going to be 110 miles away it's a nice local wedding fair that you know is in your area then you know them suppliers are going to be local they're not coming from far um you could go down that route we, we do a great wedding show so um we host at different venues so um we did one at bombay sapphire last year and we turned it into like a really fun evening with dj pumping the music it was a party by bring the girls the bar was open and they just shocked their suppliers. So maybe go down that type of route and go more like a show than a fair at a venue. You could do something like that. Um, but you need you need something to fall back on, like maybe good reviews, um, a good following on their socials. Um, try and get onto um, like a chat group with other brides. You can do that socially and that they might be able to help you out. But it would be pretty scary for me if I, you know, didn't know any suppliers. Um, I think for you girls as well, you probably think, where would you start? But I'd keep it local. Definitely local. They're always going to want to please their local people. Yeah. And also you're not paying hundreds of pounds worth of travelling fees if they're coming from local, are you? I, when, I, when I saw this comment, my immediate reaction was to think about... Um, 
when you pick a venue they often come with suppliers like approved supplier list um which will give you an indication but i would just be very care careful with them approved supplier list because there are quite a few venues that i'm aware of that you pay to be on them approved supplier list which in itself isn't awful but you can't necessarily trust the quality that you're getting from them because they have paid to be there rather than got there by merit so do look at the approved supply list that comes with your venue because they all do really have them but just be a bit wary I would say and most definitely some of these suppliers have got their recommended suppliers list and they've been on there 25 years and they and you can't get they can't just knock them off their list but these are they are they with the latest trends are they um are they, you know, reasonably priced because they've been there twenty five years? They can make the price up. Are they getting? Are the venues getting commission off these people? Like, just be a little bit wary. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you girls on that. I, I think you need to explore other than recommended suppliers with venues. I would also say that your suppliers are as equally as important as your venue. So, when I was planning my wedding. We had a couple of, well, we actually had quite a few conversations with wedding photographers because I wanted to make sure it was the right photographer for us. Wedding caterers. I did so much research on the food because that was really important to us. Um, videographers, all, all of that kind of thing. I really wanted our suppliers to, re to have a good working relationship with us. I didn't want somebody that wasn't replying to my inquiry form. I didn't want somebody that I had to chase. There is an element of chasing with some suppliers, which is just normal because they're delivering events as well as running all of their own admin. And I really liked working with smaller businesses as well. So smaller businesses means smaller teams. But I really went through and auditioned interviewed vetted suppliers to make sure that they were the right fit for us um it and it did take some time but i didn't just go with the first photographer that gave us the cheapest quote i, I took a couple of quotes from a few different suppliers made sure that it was the right fit um and i think with with most of it we we definitely made the right choices so hannah i hope that helps if you've got any other questions just ping them over to us on our instagram account Danielle final thoughts from you I guess you've dealt with loads and loads of couples over the last five years what would be your biggest piece of advice that you would give them in the whole wedding planning and wedding day process um well, we do do your 10 top tips for your wedding but mine always comes back to just going back to the basics and stay true to yourself do not rush they might tell you it's the only booking left of the year. Please do not rush. They wouldn't be making that comment if if it really was the only booking of the year. So um, stay true to yourself. Don't listen to all the voices that are coming at you from different angles. Um, hence why some people do take us on because we are the final say. We stop that, you know, mum wanting the broccoli and now I'm wanting the cauliflower or inviting Aunt, Auntie Doreen, but you haven't seen her for 15 years. We stop all that sort of conversation um, because that actually can get you quite down. Yeah. That, that, that can stress you out more than sorting out your venue. Do you know what I mean? So um, stay true to yourself. I mean, people say, well, mum's given me 5,000 towards the wedding. It's like, yeah, but you could, you could do it without mum, really. So 
just stay true to yourself. It's really nice that they've given you the money, but this is your day. And let's all remember why we're here. We're here because you love each other and you want to tell each other that you love each other. Um, and don't forget that in the whole process of this um, planning um, your wedding. I think that's perfect. A little teary eyes. I think you're right. I think it's so good at speeching, I tell you. It's so good. Like when I got married, I was rubbish. Like my husband can speech because he's just like he would have fainted, and I did it, and it was rubbish. And I'm thinking I'll be so much better now. <laughs> How long have you been married? Six years. Just renew your vows. Have a second wedding like I am next year. Are you really renewing your vows? Yeah, I'm just calling it Ian's birthday. So. Wanted. Oh. <laughs> I only want another wedding. Um so that I can do a different like because I've worked on so many weddings now I've got so many more ideas that I just want to get married again so I can do all them ideas <laughs> that forever because trends are always going to change yeah. I mean I had a lovely wedding I got married in France in a chateau thinking that I didn't have to invite the 60 guests because they wouldn't all bother to come and actually I was panicking because they all said yes the chateau only fitted 30 people in overnight <laughs> So silly old B has to go and book another chateau just to accommodate the other 30 that wanted to come and see our big day. Everybody holiday. <laughs> yeah, they just they just wanted to see and um, that's fine. But yeah, my bank balance didn't like that one. <laughs> that's so funny. Danielle, thank you so much for being a part of the I Do crew this week. We've really loved having you. Um, if you have a wedding worry or dilemma that you'd like our help solving, please pop us a DM on our Instagram account. And next week's episode is all about seating plans and family politics. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the I Do Crew podcast with Jen and Emma. Keep up to date with our podcast news by following our I Do Crew podcast Instagram account. Thanks for listening.